Welcome to Mythology Breakdown, the podcast where two people who know nothing about mythology teach you about mythology. We also talk about legends, folk folk tales, folklore, and lore from around the world. My name is Tony. And I'm Cece. Welcome to the show. Yeah, sorry we're a little bit late this week. It was. Um, <laughs> we're normally on we're normally on top of things, um, but with Mother's Day and I work in the service industry, I'm a line cook, and um, it's the busiest day of the year, so we get a little bit behind this week. Yeah. Um, but we're here a day late, um, but not a dollar short, because we've got plenty of good information for you. Yes. We're going to be talking about some more Norse gods today. Yeah. And... Um, I actually, in my mythology and rights class that I'm taking right now, we just did the North Norse Pantheon. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was super interesting. I learned a ton. I'm going to do a special Patreon episode about all the cool things that I learned in my class. So um, I'm going to shameless plug our Patreon right now. It is patreon.com slash mythology breakdown i apologize you can probably hear our dog in the back background um it's gonna stay that way yeah we're not gonna accommodate to your feelings yeah we do our <laughs> best but we're i'm not very tech savvy and this whole recording thing is very new to both of us so i feel like we've learned a lot since our first episode oh it sounds much better like i wish that we spent some more time practicing before we just went on to our first episode because Man. That was a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was but bad. we do have some things in the works that are, we're going to put a lot of work into before we tell you anything. Hint, it is more of our voices. Yes. Yes. Uh, and also, Podcast Shed. Woo. Podcast Shed. Podcast yes. Shed. We're about to be homeowners, and we're going to transform our shed into a recording studio no, we're gonna get a new shed because the old shed is for storage i'm gonna make it insulated i'm gonna get we'll talk more about this later yes but we will be documenting all of this on <clears throat> our spotify account which is mythology underscore breakdown underscore pod wow i'm just shameless plugging all of our stuff at the beginning of this episode wow today. I need a shame. I need a a, a, a streamer deck. That's a with, shameless plug. Yeah, literally, like I can press a button and then, like a radio host, like a radio DJ. Can you get me one of those for uh, uh, Christmas? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Even okay. though Christmas is like six months away. How about a away. late birthday present? Because you didn't give me a birthday present this year. Whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. Your love is all I need. Okay, so what are we talking about today? I'm going to actually not talk about my person yet. Because oh I have to trigger warning for the fact that I have what is now officially Tourette's. Yes, her doctor finally diagnosed her with Tourette's. So, Although um, I've been saying it's been Tourette's for the last seven months. No one listens to me. It's been longer than seven months. <laughs> I've had tics for, like, we're coming on a year. Well, Because oh, it was September. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I do have tics, and um, if you're sensitive to those, then um, we just ask that you be cautious when, li- when listening. Yes, we're also going to be... They've been pretty mellow tonight. Um, I'm 
I'm having some weird, weird abdominal pain. So maybe She's the fact not, that I'm in pain, my body's like, you know what? We'll give you a little bit of a break tonight. It's not pregnancy. It's not pregnancy. <laughs> uh, also, we are going to be talking about, or at least I am going to be talking about possibly incest and sex. So when it comes to my person and the stories regarding my person, please click away. I feel like we don't need to keep bringing up the fact that there's incest in all these episodes because I think at this point... I mean, I mean yeah. correct us if we're wrong. If you prefer us, have that in there. But maybe that can be, like, our tagline. Like, like we can have a shirt one day that just says, trigger warning, there's probably incest. <laughs> <laughs> no one would understand. I'm going to make that a shirt. No. It's going to be up on the... Uh on my merchandise store on uh, streamlabs.com forward slash nice grubs oh my goodness. within you... the next three days. There you go. Shameless plug, 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 <laughs> yeah. plug, plug, Speaking plug. of, I just talked to Sami and he said that uh, the stream, the music making thing that he uses for his, uh, <clears throat> his um, button thing to make sounds go mm-hmm. woo uh, is called Ableton. So, okay. Well, I feel like that's probably enough banter. Yes. We've probably lost, like, all of our listeners by this point because oh. I've just shamelessly plugged for the last five minutes. Oh, that's fine. But, um, yeah, I'm going to get us started today, and we're going to be talking about the underworld of the Norse world. What is that named, Cece? Hell. No, what is the Norse name for it? Hell is the person. Hell. It's the same thing. It was wasn't it? There wasn't there like a longer name for it, known as Helheim. Nope. Really. Nope. I go into all that. Okay, heard. I mean, technically yes, but the actual underworld is called Hell as well. Okay. And and I'll go into all of that. There is a lot of information, but not a lot about it, information about Hell herself. So I expanded on it a little bit, and we're gonna be talking about. More. I just got off of work, okay? So did I. And I'm in a lot of pain. So, on this... Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> on NorseMythology.org, um, they had a brief breakdown of Hell herself. And she is a giantess slash goddess who rules over the underworld. Um, her name means hidden in Old Norse. And can you guess why? Um, was she sneaky? No. Then it's more I literal than that. Oh. Because you literally hide bodies in the earth when you bury them. Oh my god. So there is, I mean, that's literally the connection. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she is actually only in one story in all of Norse mythology. That's depressing. She's only mentioned once. And that is by Snorri Sturluson. Snorri? Yeah. I feel like, have we have we talked about him yet? I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> he, yeah, he's, he's, he's important. He lived in the 13th century, and that's all I ever done for this one. I'm sure that when we go in, because I want to do a series of episodes on the texts that recorded all of these stories, and like texts like the Aenean and stuff like that, and so like the, in the Norse it would be the Poetic Edda, 
Right. I think that's that's not <clears throat> stories. Uh, what I got is different. They're technically stories. Stories. I mean, it's. I think I actually go into this in a little bit. Um. So Hell is the daughter of Loki and the giantess Angerboda, which tr- is translated to anguish bonding. Nice. Yeah. Um, her siblings are Fenrir and Jormungandr. Jormungandr. <sighs> Jormungandr. Yeah, that one. Um, and they're like all 100% biological siblings. Yes. Um. Uh, what is Jormungandr again? Is not the big he's snake. He's the yeah. He's the snake yeah. that lives in the waters of Earth. Yes, and Fenrir is the big wolf. Is dog the big thing. wolf that I think we've talked about a little bit. Yes. Um, we talked about Fenrir and Ragnarok. Yeah. Did you not talk about Jormungandr? What's this? The snake? Jormungandr. In the Ragnarok uh, episode? Yes, I did. Okay. It, I I mean, I briefed over him. We are probably going to end up doing, like, a Cursed Norse mythologies. I would like to do that. And yeah. Ex- like, We're going to expand on our Cursed cursed Mythologies episode yeah. that we did near the beginning. That'd be cool. Yeah. We're going to do more on those. Um, so she is described as being greedy harsh, and cruel. Nice. Um, she is indifferent to living and or, like, living in dead people. She, like, doesn't care. She doesn't, she's just like, okay. A person is a person. Yeah, but, like, more malicious than that. <laughs> Dope. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't care about you. You, like, you're, like, this big compared to, like, me, who's, like, humongous. Like, you don't matter. Ah, so she had narcissistic personality disorder. Um, so, like I mentioned, she's not super developed in the Old Norse literature. There is a little bit of knowledge about her. She is half black, half white. She is perpetually grim and... She has a perpetual grim and fierce expression. Hmm. She never looks happy. Um. (laughs) That is the cat's clawing at the door. Because I saw the little noises happening. It's our orange tabby. We need to tighten the... Yeah, I know. I don't even know how you do that. Look, she's... We're going to tell this out. No, we're not. (laughs) We're trying to record, Cece. Still. So, the only known myth that she's in is the the death of Baldur. And I don't want to tell that story today. Because Because Baldur is going to have his own episode. Yes. So... Not gonna learn about that today, but she, there is there is more to her than just that story. But that is the only story that is technical, one hundred percent fact, is that story, and she's not really in it as much. Um, because she only exists in this one story, scholars and like analysts and historians, some of them believe that she could actually just be a made up character and not actually a god at all. Hmm. And there's arguments as to whether or not she is technically a god. She would be a demigod or a giant. Yeah. Because she was a, her mother was a giant. She's yeah. not a full god. So it's quite interesting. And this, like, so she was not worshipped back in this time. We can almost 100% guarantee that. However, I believe that she is worshipped in pagan societies today. Oh, yeah. And so it makes me wonder if... And I'm going to get a little philosophical, and I am going to talk about religion for a hot second. So, um, don't judge me. This is just my thought from an educational standpoint. Yes. 
this is all an educational if, purpose. If religions, deities, are considered real or not real based on worship, then all of these deities still exist today. Right. And all of the religions... I mean, it's just, it's very interesting. It's a very interesting thought that I kind of want to deep dive into at some point. But yeah, this is the, this is the first instance where it's really been like, this person, like, may not have been what we perceived them to be. Hmm. Like, they could not have been like that back then. And that was all that I found on that website. Dang. And that was the only information that I could really find on any website that ended in .org.net.edu. I thought you said we could use .com as long as it was from a reliable source and not Wikipedia. Yes, and so that's what I did the rest of my research on. Mm. However, this is that is the end of what is fact. Right. Everything else, it gets a little bit more wishy-washy. And not the Pokemon. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a Pokemon. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon lately, because yeah. that new Snapchat game just came out. All right, we've talked a lot about banter stuff. I'm sorry. Let's save the Pokemon Snap for another time. All right, maybe, all right. Maybe on Patreon. Maybe we can record a video of us playing, like, Pokemon Snap or something. Maybe. We can, fun. we, I mean, I actually, on my list of topics that I want to discuss, I have Pokemon Legends as part of it. Because there are, like, I want to do a whole series on this, because there are multiple Pokemon that are based on myths and legends. Yeah. Especially from the Japanese culture. Oh, yeah. So, like, that is going to be a multiple episode thing. Anyway, so, you said something about Hellheim earlier. Yes. Close. Close. Hell exists in the realm of Niflheim. Yeah, okay. And that's where the underworld is. And her symbol is a Hagalaz rune, which I meant to look up, and I didn't. Oh, my God. Will you look it up right now while I'm talking? Yeah. Okay. So, her um, animals are the hellhound, especially one called Garmer, which is a story that I did not look up. But it's pretty important. What did you say it was named? That's not it. It's H-A-G-A-L-A-Z. And rune, not stone. Hello, Percy. Rune. Uh, it is Oh, so the this is actual Norse writing. Reconstructed proto-Germanic or Germanic name of the H rune, meaning hail. In the Anglo-Saxon Fyrthorc, uh, it is continued as Hegel. And in the younger Firthark as Hoggle, the corresponding Gothic letter is H, named Haggle. So it's literally just... Just the letter H. That represents hail. So, we'll post a picture of the rune on the Instagram. Um, so, the hellhound is her important animal, and then the other one is, a crow, is crows. And which makes sense, because crows and death are pretty much interchangeable. Right. So, obviously, she's similar to gods like Hades and Pluto, rulers of the underworld. So, earlier I mentioned that she was halfway, half black. Yes. This is because she has bones on one half of her body. So, half of her body is a regular, you know, human-looking being. 
The other half of her body is literally just a skeleton. Damn. And that's creepy. That's dope. I wonder if I can find a picture of that. Oh, you can find tons of pictures. I post pictures of... I try and post pictures of all the DDs on our Instagram that we talk about. That way you guys can put a face to the name. Yes. Um, so... She, when they, when, we're going to talk about her childhood a little bit. So when she was birthed, she lived on Jotunheim with her brothers, Fenrir, for, now I can't say the Fenrir. other one's name. Fenrir and Jormungandir. Yes. Um, however, Odin brought them to Asgard where they grew up. And this is where things get really messed up. Like, I literally have WTF written after this fact. Nice. The reason that she lives on Niflheim, or Niflheim, is it Niflheim, or, or is it Niflheim, or Niflheim? Nif- Niflheim. 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 Because I keep reading Niflheim. 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 Oh, there it is. Nif- Niflheim. Niflheim. <laughs> um, so she was sent to go live on Niflheim because everyone was uncomfortable with the way she looked. All right. Can you imagine just, like, your dad or whatever coming up to you and being like, we have to send you to another planet because everyone thinks that you look weird. Okay, but Hephaestus in a nutshell. Yeah. What the (laughs) heck? What the heck, parents? Right. Parents just don't understand. Parents just don't understand. So, 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 so. So she had two servants. Two servants. Two servants. <laughs> yes. We just lost the rest of the listeners that were here before. <laughs> um, so she had two servants named Ganglotti and Ganglot. Servants. Which also sound like Pokemon names. Oh my god. Um, the thing about... And I question her life choices. Because these guys move so slowly... That they look like they don't move. Weird. Like, why would you want them as your servants? <laughs> it's Drax the Destroyer. Can you go get me something to drink? Sure thing, boss. I'll see you in like a year. All right. Sure thing, boss. Sure thing, boss. Sure thing, boss. <laughs> I can make those jokes. I have a list. I got you. Got you water. <laughs> Talking like said the sloth. <laughs> so she eats from a dish named hunger, and she uses a knife called famine. Okay, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Let me go put my food in hunger. So, um, some theories claim that she was the inspiration for the names of places such as Holland, Helvetia, or Helvetia, Helsinki, and Holston. You said Helsinki, and all I could think was Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. (laughs) Holland. Yeah. Weird. Okay, so she was really big in... Like, the Danish area. Yeah, Danish areas. Um, so, I wrote down a phrase here, but I didn't look up what it meant. Oh my goodness. Como dia del arte. Uh, ooh, I Which sounds actually, really familiar. Yeah. So I think I thought that I would remember it. You said it was coma dia... Del apostrophe arte. 
Arte. Well, that was... There it is. Uh, it's an early form of professional theater. Originally there we Italy. go. That's why it sounded so familiar. Okay. Yes. So, she had something to do with the theater. I didn't write down that either. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Um, so she also had an eye of fire that could sense truth. Okay. She sounds badass. I wonder if the I wonder if the eye of fire is on the skeleton side. Ooh. We'll have to look at that when we're looking at pictures. Hey, can someone who listens to us, can you make fan art? Yeah. Please just yeah. take the descriptions that we're saying. And make it into a thing. Yes. And I swear to God, I will pay you money for that for it. <laughs> so, a lot of places, because of all of these things that I just described, they did not like how she was... You know, she was respected because death is to be respected. Right. But they basically just viewed her as a monster. However, there were some places where she is portrayed as very kind... And these places include the Gauls, the Dutch, and the Germans. Okay. These guys were very sympathetic towards her. They saw her as kinder and stuff. So, I mentioned earlier Niflheim. Yes. That's what I did the bulk of my research on, because I get very uncomfortable with not using .net, .org, and .edu. But I did it because this is still from that that one website that I mentioned earlier, the .com website. Um, so Niflheim, it's also called Nif. Oh, it's pronounced Nifilheim, not Nifilheim. Nif Nifilheim. 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 Maybe if I say it enough times, it'll stick. Nifilheim. Nifilheim. Nice. Nifilheim. Yes. Nifilheim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Niflheim <laughs> So Niflheim is a place of cold and ice. Well anyways, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> So a spooky fact about Niflheim is that there is a constant whale that can be heard at all times. Like the whales of the dead. Oh can be heard at all times. <laughs> I thought you meant like an orca. Like, you can just hear throughout the entirety of Nifflehaim. Will you marry me? I don't know why will you marry me was the only thing I could think of. I don't know. um, But yeah, that's spooky as hell though. Like, to be for for real. He's making a face. Spooky as hell. (laughs) Get it? Because half her face was a skeleton. And her name was Hell? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, spooky skeleton. Spooky scary. Okay. We are are way off track today. Hey, look, we've got this far and we're at 24 minutes, so we're golden. I still have a page and a half of notes. It's okay. Um, so this realm is damp, filled with sleet, and the walls are made of worms and skeletal bones. Mm. Which is just... Why did you go, mmm? Worms. Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) And, as we've been making jokes about all night, she is literally the origin of the phrase, go to hell. 
<laughs> nice. Literally. Like, there was a whole detail. It was like, it went from this to this to this to go to hell. But I didn't write any of that down. But it is the origins. So, Niflheim, if you remember the uh, world tree Yggdrasil, yes. all the realms are on that tree. Right. I'm, I'm explaining this to the people. Oh. So, Niflheim is located underneath the roots of Yggdrasil. Right, because it's hell. Well, yeah, but it's not the only world underneath the, underneath the tree. Oh. I'm just saying that that's where it's located near the roots. Okay. Um... Fun fact about Yggdrasil that I learned this week in class. If you look at the stars in a very, like, under certain skies, it looks like Yggdrasil. Dang. Like, if you look at, like, the Milky Way can be resembled to Yggdrasil. And so, I actually wrote about this in class this week. I'm taking a quick little detour about Norse-related stuff. But Yggdrasil, like, I wonder if back then, since there was no light pollution and stuff, if they could see, like, the Milky Way super clearly, and that's why Yggdrasil exists. I mean, possibly. Because they saw the sky so clearly. Because there was no light pollution. Right. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, so, translated in Old Norse, Niflheim, Niflheim, Niflheim is translated to World of Fog. Nice. Which is dope. It is the primordial realm of darkness, cold, mist, and ice. And if you guys remember, primordial means before the gods. Yes. Before there was an earth. Um, before the gods decided to split up their father and spread him across the entirety of the universe. Yes. And so, have we talked about Ymir yet? Or Ymir? Or uh, I think is? we covered Ymir a little In the creation. Bit. Yeah. Because that's his big thing, is all the world was made out of his body. Yes. Well, Niflheim is the parent of Ymir. Okay. Along with the other primordial world, Muspelheim. Hmm. Um, and Nifl- Niflheim there we go. itself is also only found in this story by Snorri. Huh. There is another realm that is written about called Nifhel. That is um, found in texts older than Snorri's. And um, Nifhel is the poetic embellishment of the hell, which is the world of the dead. So hell, the world of the dead, that was pretty common. Right. Hell, the person, fake. Or. Could be fake. Could be fake. Look at us talking about hypotheticals. Yes. So when I started looking up Nifhel, I found some more .org.edu.net. So, on Pantheon.org, um, I found out that Nifhel means Misty Hell, quite literally. And there was a quote there that I really liked, and it's the only thing that I got from this, is it says, oh no. I'm pretty sure it doesn't say, oh no. She just lost her spot. Oh no, I just wrote funkily. Okay. So it said, after death, just men go to Gimli. Evil men go to hell, then down to Nifhel. So is this like Dante's Inferno, Seven Layers of Hell type shit? I think it might be a little bit like Nifhel. Like hell is in Nifhel, but Nifhel is not hell. Weird. Okay. Yes. Um. So back to this other website. Hell, 
Or no, I don't. I don't think I wrote down. I didn't write down where I got this quote from, but it says hell became common when Christians were trying to explain place of the damned. Oh, that's the origins of go to like, you know, why we still use go to hell today, is because when the Christians started infiltrating these societies, these pagan societies, they were like, there is a place that you go. When you're bad, like when you're damned, you go to this place. And they already had a place where the evil spirits go, like I mentioned in that quote. Right. And so they were like, oh, well, they go to hell. Right. And then it just organically grew from there. <laughs> so I did write down where it came from, just I found it on a different spot. Yeah. Okay. So, time out really quick. Can I bring up the fact that this is now the third mythology that we've talked about that the Christians have absolutely ruined. We're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> I'm just, but I'm we just are going to talk about Christian influence on these on societies as a whole as when we talk about Christianity. Okay. Because we are going to, and I promise that any of our episodes on um, religion that can be taken the wrong way. Yes. These are purely educational. These have nothing to do with our opinions or beliefs or anything. This is just the facts. Just what we've learned and just what we're teaching you guys. And some jokes. Yes. Just like the joke about the Christians. Sorry, guys. Okay. So on mythopedia.com, they went a little bit into hell and Ragnarok. So, because hell is uh, in the poetic Edda... In the Ragnar- like when they talk about Ragnarok. Right. And it is section, and it's the section on Voluspa, which I don't know what that is. I'm not researching it. I'm not looking it up either. <laughs> um, so it says, hell will open its doors and unleash the dead upon the living. The world will turn upside down and Loki will lead the, the dead from hell. Dope. So yeah, pretty spooky. So on hell... The place. Yes. There is a mighty... Or no. Hell the person has a mighty hall on Nash... Or called Nashtrond. Which is called... Which is translated to Corpse Strand. Why is she so freaking cool? And this was the place for murderers, thieves, and monsters. Okay. A little less cool. But But why... But still, like... She is basically just the modern goth. Literally. She is who I wanted to be when she, I was 13. She would be that one chick who, like, claimed she was a witch and, like, just had long, stringy black hair and, like, pale skin and wore nothing but, like, really gothic dresses. Oh, see, I saw her as, like, super pretty. Oh, no, I wasn't saying, like, long, stringy as in a bad way. Oh, just, like, long, straight yeah. hair. Yeah. Okay. So... I found... Okay, actually, I'm going to need to save that for last. Um, on ancientorigins.net, it says that legends say that massive death... Oh, like a massive... Like a lot of people dying at once. Right. Hell will appear with a rake to rake up the dead. Dope. And if it's really big, she'll bring a broom. Okay, but why is your person so cool? I'm jealous that I didn't pick help. And she also believed it, or they also, like, um, the Norse people also believed in ghosts. And they, like, spirits staying behind after they died. And 
the purpose for these ghosts was to bring messages to people. Like, they had, you know, a final thing that they had to do before they could pass on to live peacefully. Right. It's like a vengeful spirit. So, if you are uncomfortable, I am going to be reading a modern religious prayer to hell. Because I found it very interesting. If I'm you... uncomfortable. Goodbye. I'm okay. kidding. No. <laughs> if you don't like that or you are uncomfortable with that, I would probably skip ahead like 30 seconds. I found this on heathendailyliving.blogspot.com. And it says, when we sacrifice to hell, we take a glass of wine and we pour it into the earth. We turn our heads away as we pour it because death is something undesirable. We must hail hell out of necessity and respect. We say... And to hell who is death, we recognize you as a necessity of our life. Someday we will meet in the underworld. Hail hell, goddess of death. And we do this in the fall, after the death of summer. And sacrifices can be made at any time. Dang. That's metal AF. Yeah. That, like, that excited me a little bit. So, yeah, that was, um, that was hell. <laughs> Literally, except not hell. That was yeah, fun. That was that was awesome. Well, time to go to a break as we coast on this awesome coaster. And it I went, know that was a long section. That was a long section. This is gonna end up being a longer episode. Uh, I talk fast. Remember? There we go. <laughs> okay, so when we come back from our little break, I'm gonna be talking about Freya. Uh, Who is not as cool as him. Not as cool, but... Bet you're regretting letting me go first now. She is definitely sexual. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's a fertility goddess. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we will be back soon. Okay. Welcome back to Mythology Breakdown. I hope you enjoyed your break like we did. We did. We went through our blooper reel. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we have a blooper reel. Yeah, we have a blooper reel. Go onto our Patreon. It's not going to be on there. Well, we're going to... It's not on there yet, but... But we will eventually put it on there. It's going to be glorious. Yes. Like Bobby Roode glory. Okay. Okay. Um, So, Cece forgot to mention this before our break. Um, Hell in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about Marvel in a later episode, but... She just wasn't as prominent in the mythology... Hell in Thor Ragnarok, because she plays a huge role well, in Thor Ragnarok. Well, yes, but but you also have to take a look at it and see, like... I mean, she wasn't mentioned at all before that one movie. Like, I feel period. like we're definitely going to go into Marvel's mythology. I know that... We're waiting for Loki to premiere to do our Loki episode. Yes. But we are planning on... I'm planning, at least, on doing multiple episodes on the mythology in Marvel. I want to talk about the Marvel mythology in its, in and of itself because it is iconic already. Yes. All right. But Tony's going to tell us all about Freya. Yes. So, Freya was one of the principal deities of the Norse pantheon, just like what you were studying. Uh, she was lovely and enchanting and was a goddess of blessings, love, lust, and fertility. A member of the Veneer tribe of deities, because she's both, uh, Freya shared her people's penchant for the magical arts of divination. 
or divination, or... Uh, divination. Yeah, divination. Uh, it was Freya who introduced the gods to Seder, a form of magic that allowed practitioners to know and change the future. Yeah, so she was a magic woman. Interesting. Black magic woman. Uh, Freya, we are real distracted today. I know. Uh, Freya was gentler and more agreeable than the other Norse deities, where Thor accomplished his goals through aggression and Odin and Loki resorted to trickery. Freya achieved her ends with the gentler persuasion of gifts, <coughs> beauty, and sex. While Freya was often unselfish and helpful, she did have a darker side. Like the male gods, Freya had a taste for blood and fought fiercely in battle. It was said she took the lives of half the warriors ever slain. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. All is fair and love, sex, and rock and roll, I guess. <laughs> That's not how the saying goes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm tired. All is fair and, and, and love and war would have been... Whatever. I mean, that's accurate, and it would have been better. Okay, yeah, that is very accurate. Whatever, I'm tired. Uh, Freya was known by a number of epithets, and the var variants of her name were as different as the Germanic languages and dialects of her many worshippers. Now, there's like 20 different names she went by. I didn't list a single damn one of them. <laughs> now who's not doing all their research? It was too much. Plus, do you really want me to try to pronounce 20 different names for Freya? Yes. No. That. We'll put it on TikTok. Yes. Uh, thanks in part to these linguistic differences, some interpretations of Norse mythology believed Freya to be synonymous with Frigg, Odin's wife, and sometimes Gullveig, the Volva narrator of the Voluspa, who recounted the Aesir-Venir War and predicted the fate of the gods during Ragnarok. I didn't... I don't know how to spell that Volva, Volva, I don't know. I've just given up with life. Well, I'm pretty sure it's not Volva. <clears throat> well, it, I mean, it would make sense. She is a fertility goddess. I guess. I thought it was Volva. I thought it was Volva, too. Uh, meaning the lady, the name Freya was derived from the Proto-Germanic Frajan, or however you pronounce that, an honorific title used for a mature woman of high social standing. It was also the root of the word Frau in modern German, the honorific title for married woman. Women. Woman. Yeah. Uh, Freya had many epithets and was known as the Giver, Flaxen, Sea Shaker, and Lady of the Slain. Yeah. There is also, like, Norse names for those as well. Oh, uh, I also cross-referenced these on mythology.org or some, mm -hmm. yeah, mythology.org and uh, mythopedia.com. Okay. Because both of them had very similar uh, outputs. Uh, Freya was recognized as the archetypal vulva, a practitioner of Seder whose art and ritual could see events before they happened. So she was basically the Apollo of yep. the Norse pantheon. Yeah. She Interesting. Could, she, That's two gender bent from Greek got or Greek to Norse to Norse, and it's badass. Interesting. Uh, the vulva could then attempt to alter these events, leading enemies to their doom and delivering friends from impending disasters. Interesting. Yeah. So basically, it was like the eye of Sauron off of Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. that could see everything. 
Uh, while Freya did not typically wield weapons of war, she did possess a lot of equipment of different sorts. One such item was a cloak made of falcon feathers that gave the gift of light to anyone who wore it. So I imagine, like, Freya, like, super, like, bright with that feather cloak. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's cool. Um... When she was not wearing it herself, Freya lent the cloak to companions and collaborators who agreed to do her bidding. Freya's most prized possession was likely the necklace, or torque, known as Brisingamen. Uh, Brisingamen was made by dwarves and purchased at a dear price. Freya guarded the necklace from any and all would-be thieves with a fiery passion. Hmm. Which is also why a lot of uh, uh, Celts mm-hmm. and Nords will actually wear the torques. Interesting. Um, in addition to her cloak and gleaming torque, uh, basically the torque was like super shiny and bright, uh, Freya rode a glittering chariot that was pulled by two black domestic cats. Lit. Yeah. Two little Trixies. Yeah. Uh, she was usually accompanied by her animal familiar, a hog named Hild. Disvini. Ooh, am I Freya? I love pigs. <laughs> it's a hog, though. Anything that has to do with pigs. <laughs> Anything that has to do with pigs. I'm gonna get you a teacup pig. I want a pig so bad. <laughs> uh, family. So this is her backstory, basically. Uh, Freya was the daughter of Freya. Freya was the daughter of Njord, <coughs> which we actually talked about him in a previous episode. Thank you. Uh, a god of the veneer associated with the sea, sailing, fishing, wealth, and the fertility of crops. Uh, while her mother's identity was ultimately unknown, some speculated that Freya was the daughter of Nerthus, an old Germanic deity known as the goddess of peace and plenty. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Freya's brother was Frere, that's where I messed up, a god associated with wealth, prosperity, healthful weather, and male virility. Did I search up what virility meant? No. It's some sort of... It is uh, the quality of having strength, energy, and a strong sex drive. Yeah. Dope. Uh, He was often depicted with the phallus that was typical of fertility gods. A phallus is a penis. I I, I thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for clarifying. I I just wanted to make that clear. Uh, In later life, Freya took Odor... As her husband. It's literally O-D-R. Uh, Odor was a mysterious god whose name meant furious and passionate, as well as mind and sense. He would often be away on long journeys, and it was said that his frequent absence caused Freya to weep tears of gold. With Odor, Freya had two daughters, Nos and Jersemi, whose names meant treasure. I actually had no idea that Freya had two daughters. I had no idea Which either. I thought was super cool. Uh, much was uncertain about the identi- identities of Freya and Odor. It was likely that Freya was Odor another... Odor such an unfortunate name. I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, you're good. But it is so unfortunate. It's like, hey, Odor. I don't smell that bad. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it was likely that Freya was another version of Frigg, or Odin's wife. And as such, it appears Odor may have actually been Odin. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes 100% sense. Uh, Now, here's some stories. So I have two stories. One is pretty 
depressing, and then the other one is just downright weird. Uh, the first one is Freya the Helpful. Uh, Freya's personality became more developed in other mythic traditions, such as the poem Hindluljod. I don't know. It's of the poetic Edda, where Freya's generosity was on full display. Uh, the poem featured Otter, O-T-T-A-R, Freya's favorite servant, who wanted to know his ancestry in order to settle a bet, leading her assistance, or lending her assistance. Wow, I can't speak. Uh, Freya transformed Otter into Hildisvini, her pig familiar, and took him to see a wise woman named Hindla. When the wise woman demurred, D-E-M-U-O-R-R-E-D. I don't know what that word means, but okay. Uh, Freya threatened to, her to kill her. Hindla then began to recite a complicated genealogy and identified Otter's place within it. Freya, worried that Otter would not be able to remember the detailed genealogy, further ordered Hindla to pour the beer of memory. Dope. Now, that is the only... That is the last part of that story, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, and I just found out what demurred meant. Uh, it's to raise doubts or objections or show reluctance. There you go. Yeah. I'm so glad that Word has a built-in, uh, like, noun finder. Uh, Freya the Lusted. Ooh. So, stories of Freya often highlighted her sex appeal and desirability. One such story was told in Gilfaginning of Sturluson's prose Okay, so it is Snorri Sturluson who wrote the Poetic Edda. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I, we figured that out. Prosetta. Yeah, there's a prose edda and, and a poetic edda. Interesting. Yes. I'm going to have to look up the difference in those. Yeah, me too. Uh, Freya basically became a pawn in a dangerous bargain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the episode began when a hill giant approached the god and offered to build an impregnable fortress that would protect the gods from enemy Jotner. In exchange, the giant wanted the sun, the moon, and Freya's hand in marriage. After a short deliberation, the gods consented to the bargain on the condition that the builder had to have completed the fortress by the first day of summer. The builder countered with a condition of his own. He would build the wall in the time allotted, so long as he could get help from his stallion, Svadilfari. Svadilfari. Wow. Svadilfari. That's it. The gods agreed to his terms, and the giant began his task. As summer began to near, the builder, relying heavily on the labor of Svadilfari, was coming dangerously close to finishing the fortress. Worried that they would lose Freya forever to Jotunheim, the gods decided to sabotage the hill giant's efforts. Wily Loki, love that, the archetypal trickster of the Norse gods, transformed himself into a mare and distracted the stallion. Realizing now that he would not be able to complete the fortress in time, the hill giant flew into a rage. Seeking protection, the gods called upon Thor for aid. Freya was then saved from the unwanted marriage to the hill giant. The gods also gained a fortress, albeit rather treacherously, and a new foe. So they pissed someone off big time. Last little part, I just wanted to throw this in here. So while Loki was in the form of a mare... Svadilfari uh, successfully impregnated him with Sleipnir, the eight-legged horse that eventually became Odin's mighty steed. 
I just thought it was funny. I had to introduce that. Uh, so now I have a little pop culture Freya stuff thing. Uh, so Freya's cultural popularity witnessed a resurgence with the rise of Germanic nationalism in the 19th century. She was mentioned in the Danish national anthem, There is a Lovely Land, by Adam Olenschlager, which read, It is called Old Denmark, and it is Freya's Hall. Hmm. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. Mm -hmm. uh, she also appeared in Richard Wagner's epic operatic cycle, Der Ring des uh, Nibelungen. Nibelungen. Let me search that really quick. Uh, it's a cycle of four Germanic language epic music dramas composed by Richard Wagner. Mm, okay. Uh, the work was a seminal artistic production of the 19th century and a rallying cry for German nationalism across Western and Northern Europe. Hmm, interesting. Now, Cece, you had said that we are going to make an episode about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But sure. there is one thing that I want to add at the end of this. Okay. In the most popular modern representations of Norse mythology... In the Marvel comics and films, Freya was notably absent. Did mm -hmm. you notice that? Mm -hmm. It was actually Frigg, or Frigga. I tend to interchange them in my head a lot, mm -hmm. but no, Frigg is definitely the one that I know. Yeah. Uh, they did kind of incorporate some of Freya's personality. So, All right. Yeah. It was kind of a humbug jumble of, uh, of, of BS in the movies. Yeah. It was nice. They're good movies, but yeah. Alrighty. Well, is that all you got for today? That is all I have for today. Alright. Well, that was short, sweet, and to the point. Very informative. I loved it. Thank you. Alrighty. So, I think that's all we got for this week. Yes. Um, if you want to chat with us on Facebook, you can do so at Mythology Breakdown, the podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Myth Breakdown. Yep. Uh, that's where we both post little updates and... Fun just facts. Kinda, yeah, fun facts. Um, we mentioned our TikTok earlier. That's mm -hmm. mythology underscore breakdown underscore pod. We would also love emails. Yes. Like just talking to us, getting, uh, we want to get to know you guys. We want to hear your favorite stories. We mm -hmm. want to hear all that, so. And, you know, if you want your name to be shouted out, send us an email. Like, just let us know, like, hey. Uh, this is what I want you to talk about. We can slip it in like a five, six minute portion and shout you out. Yeah. And you'll also get a shout out if you follow us on Patreon. Go Jenny! Go Jenny. Um, that is patreon.com slash mythology breakdown. Um, yeah, I think that's all the information that we got for today. Yeah. I'm ready for bed. Me too. So, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Yes. Until next time, I've been Cece. And I've been Tony. Have a good night. Bye.